little more practice, they might be up to my level. I don't, I don't want don't to hold them to that standard, but uh, that, that would be fair. So That's why I don't lose weight, because I don't want to be too sexy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's something to poke your eyes out this morning. Yeah, sorry, uh, uh, old Dr. Young isn't here this morning. Uh, church, like I said, right up the road here, he's... Uh, they asked him to come speak there without a pastor. I wonder if he'd come bring the message this morning. And so uh, that's where, where he'd be, because I know, uh, I know Mr. Porter's asking about him here, because uh, where he wasn't feeling good last week. But he's, uh, but do keep me in your prayers. Is his uh, some medicine or what, but his uh, uh, old belly's been bothering him pretty bad, so I don't know what's going on. It might be where Mom's sweetening his tea with that uh, antifreeze. Could be coming into it. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> so. Um, before I get started, though, well, let's see. Let me go ahead and read scripture first, and then, because uh, I got a little video to show, let me read scripture first, and then we'll show the video. Um, if you look in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. Everybody just take to turn here. Deuteronomy. Thirty-two, verse four. Still hear some pages rattling there. He is the rock. This work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Let's have another word of prayer, please. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you. We love you. We praise you. Lord, thank you for allowing us to gather here in this sanctuary. Lord, here we can feel your peace. Here, Lord Jesus, that we can hear your good word for spiritual growth. Lord, let what is said here this morning to spur on that growth, to bring understanding and learning. Lord, let us strive to have that mind of Christ. Lord, let us be equipped, let us be edified, and most importantly, let us glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, um, we, uh, of course, we know that our world, like I was talking about a second ago, our world is spiraling out of control, major. I mean, I don't think it's real Einstein to look around and understand that uh, we're living in the last days. I mean, just, there's just no two ways about it. And uh, your attitude towards that is between you and the Lord. You know, some people, they laugh at that. They uh, don't really take it seriously. Well, that's on you. But, uh, uh but I think that as Christians, uh, I think that we need to understand and address certain issues, uh, particularly when it comes to um, social justice warriors, uh, whether it comes to Black Lives Matters, uh, or you know, the, these different um, uh, cultural trends that are going on. I think some Christians are, are struggling. Where do we fall in line with this? How, how do, we, do we agree with this? Because also, you know, nobody wants to agree with racism. Nobody wants to agree with oppression, but have with what the movements that are going on being pushed by the, the progressive liberal left, uh, you know, how does that work in accordance with God's word? And I felt like that was an issue that needed to be addressed. Uh, and when I was praying about uh, this, this morning's teaching, uh, you know, it is um, uh, difficult because we want to share God's love. And, uh, uh, and, and, there, and what's sad is all these social justice uh, issues are, are infiltrating the church. And one such area uh, that I wanted to show in the video this morning, I don't know how many saw it or not, was the uh, New York Catholic priest uh, was um, uh, addressing 
uh, the conference there uh, in regards to white privilege and a catechism. And that was on Tucker Carlson. And, uh, and so I felt, you know, because some of these issues are, are creeping into youth groups, uh, infiltrating the minds of our young people, particularly at school issues, uh, you know, and, and particularly in regards to critical theory and where we get into some of these issues. And, I, and you know, this may make you mad. This may make you upset. I don't know. You all may be in agreement. I don't know. But I feel like uh, as a pastor uh, that uh, I, if there's things that need to be addressed, uh, and particularly when it's in, in, in disagreement uh, with God's word, then I need to address that. And uh, whatever, wherever you fall in the political realm, uh, that's that's all you, man. But I just uh, I feel like that uh, uh, you know we need to understand where the Bible addresses some of these issues. And um, uh, so let's go ahead and show that video real quick. If we could, we'll go from there.
So what they are doing now, it's a power play. They want to hollow out the church from the inside because the real church is their enemy. This kind of church that will do this kind of nonsense, of course, is perfect for them. But we saw this, unfortunately, I wrote a book about Bonhoeffer being a Christian in the 30s, seeing the Nazis do this. In other words, they didn't come and say, hey, we want you to worship the devil. Hey, we're atheists. Hey, we don't believe in God. They would come in and they would effectively co-opt the churches, but force the churches to play along just enough so that slowly they could confuse people and take over. And what we're seeing right now is exactly that. When you're using these kinds of terms, I want to say to every pastor, every Christian in America, this is something, if you do not reject this with everything you have, you are bringing about the death of Christian faith in America, which, by the way, is the only hope for people who think racism is wrong. It is only the Bible that says we're made in God's image. Ask the Marxists if they believe in God's image. Uh, ask, what did Karl Marx say about racism? He was a vicious racist, Karl Marx. So Marxists are just doing this to get power. They have no values. They couldn't care less about whether we're made in God's image. They don't believe in it. But they are using pastors like this and churches like this. And listen, there are many good Christians and good pastors who are going along with this, thinking they're doing a good thing. I want to say to them, you're riding on the back of a tiger. That tiger will eat you. That tiger hates you exactly. and is using you right now. This is a warning to every American. That is what's going on. I write about it in my Bonhoeffer book, and I talk about it. But it is absolutely chilling. That video and what I read in the article, absolutely chilling. They are taking over churches. Don't let it happen to your church. Our only hope is the knowledge that God created us all equal. All equal. We all have equal value, period. All lives matter. That's the Christian message. Eric Mattis, thank you. Okay. Uh, I know it was just a hair longer than... We normally do, normally we try to keep videos around three minutes. This was five minutes, 19 seconds. And so I apologize for the length of the video, but I found it was important to, to show it in its entirety, uh, particularly uh, dealing with the topic that we're dealing with this morning. Now, understand, uh, to deal with these type of, of uh, issues uh, is not easy. It's not comfortable as a pastor, you know, quite frankly. I would love to preach some feel-good message, and you come out of here just, you know, uh, just feeling so, so happy and wonderful that you could just pick up snakes along the road and, and say amen, you know. But I, but, <laughs> as I tell people, we don't handle snakes in this church. We just do the rubber ones because we're, we like faith. But uh, we, but it is just uh, the fact that um, you know, what kind of, the problem is, uh, is that there's too many preachers out there that are, are afraid to tackle issues such as this because they don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to make anybody mad. They don't want to make anybody upset. They want everybody, and as I've said before, and, and uh, is that they want a picture, they have a, a, a different type of Jesus uh, than the one we read in the Bible. They want a celestial hippie sitting in a lotus position and just, just granting love to everybody that comes their way. And uh, it's not to say that God isn't a God of love, not preaching a God of hate, which when we look at social justice warriors, that's how they perceive. 
Christianity, and we'll get into that here in just a minute when we dive into critical theory, uh, is the fact that um, we have to stand up as pastors to stand on these controversial issues that are not comfortable, uh, but they have to be addressed. Because as Christians, see, my, that is my, uh, my goal as a pastor, uh, to, to help you to grow as a Christian, uh, to help you to learn, to understand these things. So when you're at the workplace or with friends or you're out and about and these issues pop up, then that way you can say, you know what, uh, uh, we, we learned about this in church, and, and here's what uh, God's Word says in regards to these situations. Uh, you know, uh, he's talking about on there, all lives matters. I don't know how many saw the video. The 17-year-old boy said this. Uh, he was sitting there and said, all lives matter. And this guy, of course, he's got a mask on when he's in Tifa uh, lunatics and was wailing, I mean, beating this 17-year-old this kid uh, in the head with his fist. And I don't know about you all, but I get very angry when I see stuff like that. Uh, when I see this violence uh, against these innocent people, see that they go against people who are, uh, they feel they can't defend themselves. You ever notice that? That's who they go after. You know, when they come over here to Rogersville, they come over here to Elizabethan, they were pretty meek and pretty mild because they knew that a bunch of old rednecks were going to rip their heads off, you know? And that's just, you know. <laughs> because we don't put up with bullies, we stand up for what is right. And that's exactly what they're trying to do is bully and intimidate. And just like he was talking about uh, here, uh, that uh, how this is infiltrating churches. See, that's what the Nazis did. They, they thought they could get into certain areas, particularly with churches or, or different places, slowly integrate that. That's how they took over. They didn't automatically just come out and say, hey, we're evil, we're atheists, we're going uh, you know, to uh, do all these bad things. No, they, they slowly infiltrated just as we're seeing here. And uh, a friend of mine said that to me. Excuse me. Uh, this uh, uh, earlier this week, and I thought, man, because I actually had a different uh, topic I was going to, to preach on this morning. When he said that, this Lord laid on my heart, you know what? This is something that needs to be addressed. And uh, so, uh, so tonight, today is not going to be a, 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 a screaming, stomping, uh, fire brimstone uh, preaching this morning, but it'll be a teaching, hopefully, that will help you, uh, Mr. DeBray, sir. Most of those people aren't even from the community. Oh yeah, they ship them in from other areas. Yeah. Well, I sort of understand Ted Cruz is trying to do an investigation on that to figure out where they're coming from, who's paying them, and uh, bring them in. Exactly. Well, you would think, but you've got to understand all these cities ran by liberal uh, individuals, you know. Yeah, so, don't know. But anyway, let's go ahead and look at a few topics here, uh, or uh, uh, that we that, that comes up a lot, uh, whether we're on Facebook or face-to-face -face conversations and such. And uh, now remember, you know, nobody likes racism, all right. I, I, and, and quite frankly, I never really paid much attention one way or the other. You know, if I was talking to somebody, maybe black, white, or whatever, you know, I just I was just talking to somebody because of all this division. Now, to me, it's made you more aware. At least I don't know about you all. It's, for me, it, it makes you more conscious about some of these things. And so that when otherwise you probably wouldn't have thought about it uh, one way or another. But uh, one thing that we can look at here is, uh, is, is what is known as social justice. And uh, when you look at social justice, uh, the, uh, what that is actually saying is a, is a movement towards socially just world is what they're looking at. And basically, well, like you talking about Marxism, that's basically what they're, they're it just, it's just Marxism just under another title. Because it boils down to uh, uh, egalitarianism. Uh, movement, as well, and particularly with economics, you always hear this redistribution of wealth. You hear that all the time. 
That's just pure Marxism because that's what they're doing is that they, they want a progressive tax. They want to redistribute your wealth and your property. I don't know how many have heard this, but several of these, particularly up in Portland, have said, we want to take your homes. You said the white people should give us your homes. We, we should take that. And so that's why we're seeing this redistribution. See, you can even look back as far back, all right, as in the, in the beginning of this founding of this country. See, when they first, there was a, a community, a settlement uh, that first come. And, and so they had this idea of really a socialist idea. Uh, everybody gets to eat uh, whether you work hard or not. Everybody gets the same share of food. Everybody gets their share, share, share what? Their share of money and all that stuff. Guess what? It imploded. It collapsed because the, you know, the guy sitting on one side saying, well, I don't, this guy's working. This, you know, he's not doing half the work I'm doing. Well, I'm not going to work either because he's getting paid and, and getting the same thing that I'm getting. And so it just it, it collapsed. And uh, there's actually the name of that settlement that says slipped my mind. But the point is, and that's exactly what they're trying to push, is this, this, this socialism, this egalitarianism. This economics that they're pushing is nothing more than a push towards socialism and communism. And, you know, like I said, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not going to say every Republican to vote for. But you can't help, but you, there's no way you can mistake what the liberal, the progressive liberals are trying to push. And it is a socialist agenda, pure and simple. Now, when we look over here at another term that you probably hear a lot of, it's called being woke. All right, what does that mean to be woke? Uh, many of you need to wake up right now. But uh, when, you, uh, when you look at woke, uh, the, 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 it is the conscious of injustice and especially attentive racial discrimination. Uh, a conscious of injustice in society, more or less. And this really came up uh, in, um, let's see, 2008 by, uh, I probably don't know if I'm pronouncing this name right, Erica Badu, B-A-D-U. I don't know, as in the song Master Teacher. And prior, huh? Erica Badu. You say tomato, I say tomato. Uh, anyway, uh, in 1962, as uh, an essay in the New York Times, uh, it was called If You're Woke, You Dig It by William Melvin, um, what was his last name? Kelly. That's where that, uh, so that's where that term, uh, being woke, uh, come about. And, uh, and so, as I said before, you know, we understand that there is racism. And we don't want that. We don't want to see anybody oppressed. We don't want to see anybody discriminated against. Uh, I, you know, 99.9% of us probably have never, uh, uh, would never understand what it was like during the time of segregation. Uh, and uh, well, some of you may be old enough to remember that. I don't, but I'm talking about people my age in particular. We've never experienced that. We've never seen nothing like that. We've never seen any type of, of segregation in, in, in my generation, at least around here anyway. Uh, now, I've experienced a, a small taste of that because uh, when my grandmother was Japanese, uh, they really they, they made, my life, made my life miserable uh, as a kid. And they really made fun of my features. And I would go sit down, somebody would get up, move somewhere else, and you know, they, they wouldn't want to sit with me. And they'd call me horrible uh, names uh, as a kid. So I kind of got a small smidgen of maybe what that was like uh, from a bunch of goofy rednecks. But uh, you know what? Uh, that's fine. If that's what made them feel better, then uh, that's why I uh, got in fistfights all the time. And uh, anyway, uh, people say, you're supposed to be a Christian. I tell them I'm from the south side of the kingdom. But anyway, we can look at, um, particularly um, uh, in God's word, that, of course, we need to recognize racism. We understand that. You know, this, this whole idea 
uh, unconscious racism is, is bogus. How can you be aware of it if you're not aware of it? If it's, a, if it's unconscious, then how you can address something like that? See, they think all this stuff is interwoven. That's what we're getting into uh, in, in regards to critical theory in a minute. Uh, they think racism is interwoven uh, in all these uh, different, uh, in our laws and, and things like that. But we'll get that in just one second, though. But uh, when we look at this, uh, particularly being woke and talking about racism, let's take a look at what God's Word says in regards to these things. We can look at first Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Now, uh, for the sake of time, I'm just going to go ahead and just go through these and read these real quick. If you want to write these down and look them up later, uh, that's fine. Uh, but Genesis 1, uh, 26 and 27, let me get over here. And it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created he them. Remember, there, there's that, there are, are class, you know, even though that they try to, there are bad people out there who try to promote uh, racist ideas. We're all one race, the human race. We're all uh, made in God's image. That's one thing that we have to keep in mind. We're just made up of different uh, ethnicities. And uh, so, you know, it's like even Kid Ham come out, talking about that, uh, uh, as far as pigment goes, uh, we're all of, of color and, and uh, of brown uh, uh, origins. But, uh, I mean, you know, you think about it. It's like a, a comedian once said, you know, people say, the color people move in next door. He said, well, don't we all have color? He said, it ain't like you say, oh, look, the invisible people just moved in next door. So you can't trust them. You can see right through them. Okay. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> not the worst of the invisible people. All right. Uh, but anyway, let's look at John 13, 34. And again, I just want to uh, just run through this real quick. John 13, uh, 34. A new commitment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you and that ye also love one another. So if we're trying to do what God's word says, see, we're not asking that, you know, that's the problem. That's what we'll get into critical theory here in a second is that they're asking the government to be a utopia uh, to bring uh, things together. Just because laws change don't automatically make a heart change and all of a sudden everybody's just going to get along. That's not how it works. It takes God to change the heart, the mind, uh, in order for us to have the ability to love one another despite faults, despite those things uh, that, uh, that hurt us. Uh, you know, that's why we can have forgiveness towards those who can be discriminatory. That's why I can talk about when I was a kid. These people hurt me and they said these bad things and I was in fights all the time. Uh, I can have forgiveness in my heart only because of God. Otherwise, I can let bitterness and hate reign in my heart. And I refuse to let that happen because it comes so easy for me to hold grudges and bitterness. And I, and I told, uh, this one thing me and my dad was talking about the other day. I said, I, I refuse. I work extra hard. Not that I'm perfect. Not that I've met some level of, 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 of spirituality. But the fact that that's an area in my life that I really want to, to be free of. And I don't want to, that to happen. Uh, but now let's look over here at Ephesians 4.32, just real quick. Ephesians 4, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So, showing that brotherly love, uh, you know, and uh, showing that kindness and goodness uh, to those around us because if we're saved, you know, that, that's, so, that's such a bad thing that um, when uh, uh, those in the world cannot show distinction between those who are saved. That's not a good thing. We should always be showing a difference in our lives, demonstrating that fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, all suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. We need to be sure that we're loving our neighbor as ourselves, that we're showing kind 
Godly love towards those around us, even when they hurt us, even when they uh, are nasty to us, that's what we have to do. And it's difficult and it's hard. You know, like I said, I know what it's like to have a redneck attitude. And that's why I have to actually work extra hard on those things. Now, uh, we're going to look over here at Galatians 3.28. Just, uh, uh, it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. So again, we're seeing that God's word shows no distinction between race. Or men or women, he's, he's, he's calling us all to be one. Because, we're, again, we are created in God's image. So we see that God's word is opposed to racist ideas. See, when you look at uh, this cultural Marxism, or Marxism in general, this is social justice, when they're trying to force you uh, to, uh, uh, to, to tax you unbelievably, uh, to, uh, 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 to redistribute wealth, you know, these kind of things, they don't work. Because when you're forced to do something, it, it just, all it does, it just changes the, the power roles, all it really pretty much does. And um, as Christians, we are encouraged to help those. See, we look at Matthew 25, verse 40, and we are to help those who are less fortunate. You know, and, and we help uh, those that uh, the widows, the orphans, and uh, those who are in need. You know, God, God's word encourages that. But when you look over here, particularly with critical theory, all right. Of course, you know uh, uh, it talks about uh, the difference between uh, we're talking about oppression, but it's talking about the, those who have power and those who don't. Again, the, you're hearing terms that are being used, but it all really just breaks down to pure Marxist behavior. That's all that really boils down to. And when you look at critical theory, see, uh, it is not only talking about oppression, but it's, it's different levels of oppression. See, if you have an African-American man, he is not as oppressed as an African-American female, who that African-American female is not as oppressed as a lesbian African-American female. You see, there's these different levels of oppression. And then that, uh, so if you say if you're a, an African-American lesbian, then you're, you're not as, uh, 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 your value and your validation is, should be, uh, they, in their eyes, is greater than that of a straight white male. And so you're still seeing forms of racism here. You're still seeing that. And one thing that they do uh, is, is their views in regards to humanity, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, is not in, in consistent with Christianity. See, that's the reason why I want to bring this out here. Right? Is, is the inconsistency with God's word. These things are slipping into churches, slipping into youth groups, slipping into schools. That's why it's important that we understand this and know that this is wrong and contrary to the things of God. See, I would not be doing my duty as a pastor if I'm not calling out these things that are in contradiction to God's word. They offer a different view of humanity than Christians. They're looking at gender. They're looking at a race. They're looking at individuality. But when we come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, see, those things are put aside. Our focus is, is uh, being like God. See, we're not looking at outward appearances. We're looking at the heart. We're looking at what, what makes what will please the Heavenly Father. See, that's what we have to do. So see, they're looking at humanity uh, in, in terms of individuality. When we have to come together as one for Christ Jesus. And they have a different view of sin than Christianity. Because when you look at their view of, of sin, see, they don't have no problem with anger and hate and jealousy. They don't have a problem with that. It's just a basis of, of how you treat these certain individuals. And, and when you look at that in particular, how they treat different people. I don't know how many uh, know, know, saw this on August 25th, um, this uh, few weeks ago, uh, the, uh, uh, the woman that was in the restaurant. And they were all surrounded. How many saw that? They were raising their hands. They said, uh, you know, they said, no justice, no peace, junk. And uh, 
uh, and that uh, what was it they said? Oh, what silence is violence? Is what they're trying to say. The thing was, she was with them, all right, but they were in her face, and she wouldn't raise her hand up, and so they were screaming. And within 28 seconds into that video, if you ever look at that up particularly on Twitter, they asked, "Are you a Christian?" Now, what does that have to do with anything? Are you a Christian? They ask if you're a Muslim, a Hindu, anything like that. Are you a Christian? What is what is why I'll ask that distinction? Because she wouldn't raise her hand in, in, in their, what they consider their solidarity. Because it was, it was a few months ago, they were burning Bibles there in Portland. Burning Bibles. Okay? So the reason why they ask if she was a Christian, because Christianity, God's word, stands in, a, 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 in a opposition to everything that they uh, believe in. See, we believe, we know that God's word is truth. See, they, they don't want. They think that truth is relative. They don't want to. Uh, uh, they think that we are discriminatory because it talks about slavery. It talks against uh, LGBTQ. It talks, you know, these things that um, they think that it uh, promotes uh, uh, women as being inferior. But here's the thing: God's word doesn't do that. First of all, if they knew what slavery they was talking about here, is not talking about slavery in regards to uh, skin color. Ethnicity. What this was talking about was an economic type of slavery where they were being taken care of. They, they purposely sold themselves into that. But if, they, if you understand God's word, it talks about man stealing, not to, not to do that. All right, that slavery is wrong. Then, but yes, it does talk against homosexuality. Whether you look in uh, uh, Genesis, what I was just reading here, uh, talking between uh, one man and one woman. We can look at uh, Ecclesiastes. We can look at uh, Romans. We can look at uh, Galatians. I mean, we can look at all these different verses that speak against homosexuality. There's no, no doubt about it that sodomy is wrong. This is wrong. All right? And, you know, you can sit there and say, well, well, uh, well my whatever, I know somebody, they, they were born that way. No, you're not born that way. You may be born with an inclination, but that doesn't make it right. You know, just, just as, as viewing a man uh, having an extramarital affair or a woman having an extramarital affair, that is wrong. Viewing pornography is wrong. You can abstain from those things. You know, just like I read in one book, and I know it's, you know, I uh, hope you don't think it's true, but it's true, is the fact he said that uh, you can abstain from homosexual behavior. He said, that, uh, he said he's never heard of one person dying from the lack of sex. And, you know, that's true. They can abstain from those things. And so it doesn't make it right. And see, and when the, and the law passes these kind of things, and, and then therefore whatever is legal or lawful is also morally okay, and you have children practicing these things. And that's why you're seeing all this confusion with these children who, whose brains aren't even fully developed after the year age of 20. And they think because, well, this is what's popular, uh, this is what's acceptable, then they're, they're fooling around with this transgender or, or homosexual behavior. And as I've said before, this is not preaching hate. You know, unlike Islam, where it says to kill homosexuals, you don't see that in God's word anywhere. But they say, they think God's word is evil. They think Christianity is evil. And so, but God's word says, you know what, we're to speak the truth in love. If you have a, a friend, a family member who's dealing with homosexual activities, you still show love. You, you still show kindness. But you need to try to direct them to get them the, the proper help they need. I think a lot of people confuse uh, the, uh, the ability of showing love and compromising with sin. Remember, God's word hates sin, abhors sin, hates it. But we made so many justifications for that. We are set apart, Christians. We are set apart. We are uh, in the world, but we're not of the world. 
We are pilgrims passing through. And so we, so we need to start taking a hard stand in regards to the things that are, are lawful and, and, and what God's word is trying to tell us to do. Too many Christians are compromising. And so they have a different view of salvation in regards to this, this, this type of critical theory in their thinking. And they, they, they think that, uh, the government is the one that's going to save them. But we know that it's Jesus Christ that is going to save our souls, not the government. The government is not going to give us some form of utopia. It has, it has been tried and it has failed time and time again. And so, they, they, of course, you can always go online and look at uh, the um, uh, Bishop Shapiro and what his uh, view is on systemic uh, racism. Good video. Get a chance. Check that out. I uh, can't believe I'm out of time. Gosh. Uh, so let's, I thought I didn't even hit the, the, ice, the tip of the iceberg what I was wanting to talk about today. So uh, to get a chance to look at critical theory, I've got some great uh, information I can share with you. Uh, uh, email me, message me on, on social media, and I'll get you some of the videos and things that, that will help bring the clear understanding. But let me close real quick. I know I'm running behind. I apologize, but this is important that we close with this. But we got to look at John 14, guys. Look at John 14 just real quick, all right? We, we can look at John 14, 27 in particular because it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We're in a world of turmoil and chaos. But guess what? God is in control. God is sovereign. And he's going to take care of us no matter what. So don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, let it, don't be afraid of what's coming down. All right, because they, they do, these, these individuals, they hate Christians. They hate us. All right? They think God's word is evil. They think God's word is evil. And it's only going to be a matter of time. They're going to, if Jesus tarries and the rapture don't happen soon, we are going to face some persecution. Let's tell you right now, like it or not, and we're going to face persecution. But, again, in 14.1, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. And here's the most controversial thing that Jesus could ever say. He's talking about controversy. You talk about things that offend, the cross offends. And Jesus Christ said, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. Amen. That is, see, you read that, you talk about controversy, they don't want to hear that. Well, everybody's going to heaven, everybody's going to paradise, that's all good. No, it ain't. But for those who are saved, remember he said, I'm going to my Father's, I'm going to my Father's house and in my father's house will be many mansions. You can read right here, verse 2. My father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, when I have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Many, many rooms he is building there. See, the disciples were tor and tormented because Judas had betrayed them. Jesus was, uh, said that he's going to be leaving them. They were torn all to pieces. If you get a chance to look at uh, uh, John 13, you can read uh, 20 uh, through really the rest of the chapter. And... Uh, um, Check that out. They were scared. They were worried. A lot of people I know are scared and they're worried what's, what's going on. Maybe scared and worried that, uh, of the rapture. Or, and if you've got Jesus Christ in your heart, you have nothing to fear. And if you're confronted physically, they say, you, know, you may be in a restaurant, just like we just watched this woman in Portland, and they got their hands, they're screaming in your face. And you're saying, deny Jesus, we'll let you live. You deny Jesus or we're going to rip your wife apart. I hope and pray that God will give me the strength to stand face toe to toe. I don't care if it's 100 or if it's 10 or 50 or whatever. And I'll say I will not deny my Lord and Savior. My God, my Jesus was beaten for me. He was now to a tree for me. 
nailed to that cross, and he rose again on a third day. What he suffered is beyond anything we can ever comprehend. And if my God can do that, then I will stand boldly for him. So I hope and pray that you will find the strength that only comes from God. And if you are sitting in these pews this morning, and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, brothers and sisters, make that change today. Christ is going to be returning soon. And we're going to be raptured out of here. And you don't want to see the hell that's going to be left when he does. Come to know Christ today. Let us stand. Let's have a word of prayer. And as, uh, whoops, I'm sorry. And, and, yeah, we may have to do part two, really. Seriously, because I didn't even, hit, didn't even get close to even what I was wanting to say. I, I, I yeah, well, I appreciate that. I'll talk to uh, old Dr. Young and see what he says. So, all right, let us pray. And as, as Mrs. Brown is kind enough to uh, play the piano, uh, if you don't know the Lord, please uh, come up here and, and talk to me. I'd be happy to pray with you. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Lord, uh, the evil is running rampant in this world. And I know a lot of people want to do the right thing. Let us not fall for the snares and the traps of the world. Let us stand true and firm on your holy word, knowing that we are convicted and we know the truth. And that truth is not relative just because someone doesn't want to believe that truth. Lord, if there's anyone sitting here this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
As always.